You know, we live in a world filled with violence. It's more and more prominent. Don't you think? Road rage, Christmas morning, or the Black Friday that folks are fighting one another in order to save 50 cents. Political rallies now filled with security and fights that flow out into the streets. That's not the way of Jesus. It's not the way of the cross. God, through the power of the cross, brings cosmic peace, real peace, through the cosmic power of the cross. That's why Jesus says, bless your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Give to those who want to kill you. Turn the other cheek. Don't hit back. Those are radical words, aren't they? That's crazy. It's ludicrous. But that is the power of the cross in those who follow Jesus who made peace at the most violent act the universe has ever seen. Those that follow Jesus, those that take up their cross daily and follow Him, disagree, will have disagreements, but we don't act violently towards other human beings. That's the power of the cross. Cosmic peace in real ways. That's the cosmic, universal power of the blood of Jesus that brings peace, real peace, where there was war between us and God, between us and one another, and between us and the whole of creation. Our passage, and I know those are bold claims, but I think they're firmly rooted And what we'll look at today in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, We'll start with verse uh, 19. Read through verse 23 and see the power of the cross. Let's pray. Gracious God, free us right now. Uh, Free our, our minds, our hearts, our souls to hear from you. That your power, your real power, power to bring peace would live in us. You would continue to mature us as we hear your word. You would continue to make us a people that are more and more like you. That we would be a place where you dwell. Transform us. Show us where we're conformed to the ways of the world. Transform us to the crazy, radical, ludicrous ways of Jesus. It's only in your power. Do it in us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse um, 19. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, 
He has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death. So as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith. Without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard. Which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, just, just walk through this. Look at verse 19. All the fullness of God lives in Jesus. Right, this is the, the, the central Christian claim that the God became human and that all of God, all of who God is, lives in Jesus. It's not a part of God that is there, but all of God. And it's not that, that Jesus was human who was sort of spiritually empowered. It's not that he was you know, just an extra special superhero kind of human. He was God in the flesh. And, and note here that and God was pleased to dwell there. What, what God is, is doing in, in Jesus is, is His pleasure. And all that He accomplishes in Jesus is His pleasure. Do you get that, that sense here that the, at the power of the cross... You know, at the cross with, with, with Jesus hanging on it, blood dripping from him, a spear in his side and nails in his, his hands and feet and thorns in his head is the pleasure of God to bring that about because of the peace, the universal peace that it accomplishes. It's like in the, what we were just were singing about, the, the uh, one of the stories that Jesus tells that we commonly call the story of the prodigal son. Um, uh, and j- just to quickly capture a piece of that story, you know, it's, it's a son with his father. And the son tells his dad, hey, dad, I wish you were dead so that I could get all the inheritance. And the father says, here, here's your part. And the son goes off and takes his inheritance and spends it all, wastes it all on his own pleasure. On his, his own preferences, on his own selfish lifestyle, and there finally realizes that 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 he's bankrupt in every way, and he comes back home to his father. But his father, when he sees him far away, has compassion on his son, and he runs to him. He runs to him to embrace him, to to protect him, to love him, to bring him home, and throws a party because his son is home. That's the pleasure of the Father who is pleased to dwell in Jesus who brings about the reconciliation of the world, of the universe and makes peace in all things. The fullness of God and the pleasure of God at the cross. For it's there in verse 20 that in Jesus God is pleased to reconcile to himself all things. He, to, to reconcile. A neat, neat word. If, if you, you, you take it apart, the, the three different parts of it really it mean um, uh, complete change back. You know, thorough change back to the way that it was. 
mean, the reconciliation in this setting with the whole of the universe, as Cedric was mentioning earlier, you know, the brokenness of sin and infected all of creation. And now at the cross, all of creation is brought back to the peace of Eden. Back to the garden. With, with God, with humans, humans with one another, fully engaged in all of creation as God had intended from the beginning. That's the reconciliation in which He then makes peace. Meaning, there was division, you know, there was judgment, there was separation, there, there, there was no connection, there was war. There was opposition between God and humans, between humans and one another, between humans and the the non-human part of creation and, and all the spiritual beings. There was war going on everywhere. And at the cross, the power of the cross, God was pleased to make peace there, to destroy that division, that war. And again, as Cedric says, well, it was God's plan. Um, Isaiah 53, 5 is uh, God's plan that demonstrates, written hundreds of years before, but talking about Jesus who was to come. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the punishment that made us whole. And by His bruises we are healed. The reconciliation, the peace that he was planning was all set, and it was set up to be done this way by Jesus' violent death. That's how he makes peace. God was pleased to come and dwell in Jesus as a human in order to die, in order to sacrifice, in order to shed and apply the power of His life-giving blood to make peace for all of creation. I mean, this is a demonstration of power. The cross is a demonstration of the greatest power the universe has ever seen. Greater than even the first day of creation. The power of the cross that God dies and sheds blood for our peace. That's the act of greatest power the world has ever seen. An act of sacrifice. One where His power does not cause violence. His power receives violence and ends it. That's not the way that the world works. Power, this is the power of love, this is the power of sacrifice and forgiveness that trumps the power of sin and evil and anger and selfishness and violence. Instead of that power causing evil and death, God receives evil. He takes it on Himself and dies. And in so doing, He demonstrates that evil is empty. He demonstrates that violence will not accomplish the acts of peace. He refuses violence, trusts in the Father completely, and receives violence 
and makes peace. You make peace with peace. You show strength, not in acts of violence, but by receiving it and serving and stopping it, showing that it is neutered. That's what the power of the cross. You know, ISIS, they're bound for destruction. They'll never succeed because for them, power is used to enforce violence on others. It brings peace by destroying the opposition and silencing those who would disagree. It enforces submission through fear, intimidation, and causes suffering. Jesus brings real peace by receiving suffering and death and inviting all to come and submit to Him. Not forcing. Not coercion. He doesn't cause violence. He receives it. He invites others to submit to Him through love, for joy, in relationship with Him and one another. It's not by power that He violently forces others to submit, but by the great power of the Spirit within Him. He submits to the will of the Father, receiving violence, conquering evil. Love brings peace. And he's pleased to do it. That's why we're called. That's why at the end of every service, we are sent out to go in peace and be makers of peace. To bring peace wherever we go. The peace, the power of the cross. Is the cross that powerful? That it can send us out in a world characterized by violence and we refuse to respond in violent ways? Is the cross that powerful that we could be so changed and be sent out to really go make peace in the way that Jesus makes peace? That that we're willing to suffer in order to end the violence. We're willing to be inconvenienced that some are even called to be willing to die. Some, some, some of the folks that are called on the mission field, they, they die because they're sharing the gospel. As we go out to make peace, it, it, it may require suffering on our part. It may, it may require that, that we turn the other cheek That we receive violence in order to stop it. Garrett Morgan um, was uh, uh, actually born in Paris, Kentucky. He was uh, uh, an inventor. Uh, This was in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, into the mid-1900s. One of his inventions was the gas mask. 
And these work and actually lived in Cincinnati for a while and eventually settled in Cleveland and there formed his, his company and he's working on the gas mask and they were building some tunnels. This is the early 1900s, building some tunnels um, and poisonous gas was coming out and people were, were being overcome by the gas or dying as they're working and building the tunnel. And, and, and so he and his brother Frank, they, they show the, these rudimentary gas masks and they go into the um, tunnel and, and show the power of the gas mask helping to bring folks out who had been uh, who had succumbed to the poisonous uh, fumes and, and and this is just before World War one and, and so there's a lot of gas warfare going on and so he he sees that he can really help the uh, the army um, and and the the how they're facing um, uh, the gas mask the and, and so he goes to sell these the only problem is Garrett was black and so people wouldn't listen to him they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't believe him. They wouldn't buy from him. And so, you know what Garrett did to show you how he didn't stand up and say this is... He said, oh, I've got to save. I've got to act in peace. Do you know what he did? He hired a white actor. He hired a white actor to go and sell the things. And you know what he was? He was the stagehand. He was just there working on the stage, setting things up. He was the inventor and the brains behind it all. But out of willingness to suffer for, to bring peace... He just let the white actor look like the brilliant inventor so as to fool all the other people so they would buy the gas masks and use them to save lives. we, We might be in those kind of situations or things like that where we have to set aside our own preferences, set aside our own ego, set aside our own pride and really learn to turn the other cheek. Really turn to, to be strong. This is not weakness. People come think this is weakness. This is strength to stand firm and say, I will not respond to your violence with violence. I will stand here and take it just like Jesus. Because this is the way that brings peace. And this is the power of the cross. That's strength and he brings this peace though brings this peace to the whole of creation right i mean if if you read on it says to heaven and earth all things he brings this peace you know romans 8 even mentions you know that all of creation is groaning is groaning for that day when we're made right with god well at the cross all of creation the war that goes on, the violence that goes on, even in creation that that we do to one another, that we do to non-human creation, all of that made peace at the cross. Um, Remember, uh, uh, some of you may remember Al Warden. He was the the astronaut that stayed in the the module that was uh, uh, going around the moon while the folks on the lunar module went down, touched base, and then you know, came back up. He was the one 2,200 miles away, you know, circling um, uh, the, the moon, in orbit around the, the moon. And, and he, <clears throat> here's, here's what, uh, what he said about his experience as he was in there circling the, the, around the moon. He says, I got to look at the universe out there with a very different perspective, in a very different way than anyone had ever before. What I found was that the number of stars was just so immense. 
In fact, I couldn't pick up individual stars. It was just like a sheet of light when he got on the backside of the moon and looked at the rest of the universe. I found it fascinating because it changed my ideas about how we think about the universe. I mean, there are billions of stars out there just in the Milky Way galaxy. But then there, there are billions of galaxies out there. It goes on to say, so what does that tell you about the universe? It tells you that we don't think big enough. The power of the cross brings peace to the whole of the universe. I submit to you, we don't think big enough about the power of the cross. We don't think big enough about the peace and reconciliation that the power of the cross brings. That that even speaks speaks to the non-human elements of creation. You know, the animals and plants and the environment. I'm not about to, I'm, I'm already in political um, mess uh, talking about this, I realize. Um, but I'm, so I'm not about to go into the, in, environmental issues. But just to say, as we pursue environmental peace, that is the power of the cross. Now, how you do that, a whole other question. But doing it is the power of the cross. This this talks about spiritual beings as well. Principalities and powers, angels and demons. I mean, this this power is greater than the power of evil. That's what he's saying. The the devil himself, this power conquers evil. This power that receives violence and dies on the cross as a suffering servant. And this power is between all of human creation, all over the earth. Across the street and across the sea. Now I know as a secular nation, uh, American politicians can talk about building walls. But the church can't. The power of the cross has destroyed those walls, remember? That was back in Ephesians 2. Those walls are down. And so the people that follow Jesus, we walk where other people want to build walls. We go there with the good news of Jesus. We go there with the peace that only Jesus can bring in real ways. Not just a spiritual peace. A real peace in our lives with God, with one another. Because we know that's the end of the story. So if we, like Jesus, work in that direction then we know we're doing what is eternal. We we do that in our local peacekeeping missions. We we do that through ministries like Christ's Community and Feast of Love, which, by the way, Feast is on Easter, just to remind you, and men in the church are really making that a focus. But remember that uh, opportunity for making peace, for living out the power of the cross. So I do things like whiz kids and, and treehouse and local schools around. That's, that's why we, we work with City Gospel and, and City Link and, and just all the ministries of the church where, where we are sent out and, and we invite others to participate in the, the power of the cross that brings peace. It's 
Because we know that Jesus has already accomplished that peace. That's why as, uh, when we uh, finish through Palm Sunday and Easter, we're going to start a, a series similar to the one we did um, last year, when we, the all-city, citywide journey, Brave. Remember we did that last year? Well, this is Brave 2.0. So it's very similar to the one last year. It's just we've worked on a whole lot of the technology so that there isn't quite as buggy. But for many of us that went through it and it was beneficial and you learned and you grew, well, now you've taken that journey. Now it's much easier to go invite other people. Say, hey, this is the journey of peace. This is, a, this is a journey of the way that Jesus leads us into this violent world in a way that's filled with peace and truth. So why don't you come take it with me? If you've already been on the journey, don't just do it by yourself this time. But be praying even now. How can you form a small group? How, who are the folks you can invite to participate with you? Because you've been on it. I mean, you, anytime you go on a good hike or you go to a good restaurant, you go to a good movie, right? You, you're saying, hey, this, come, come with me on this one. Well, how much more so if indeed you encountered Jesus and he brought you peace and strength and truth when you went through brave? Well, then, man... Can you think of anything better to invite somebody to? That's the power of the cross that will bring that peace. That that makes us, as Paul says here, holy, blameless, and without blemish. It's also a peace that goes across the sea. That's why that we have um, ministries with, with folks who are mission workers in Iraq, in Turkey, uh, in, in Spain and France that move throughout the Middle East and into northern Africa. You think those are places characterized by violence? Those are places where it's dangerous for them to go and, and be. But that's, that, that's God's calling in there and we're a part with them as, and in other parts of the world. And we have uh, missionaries in, in uh, Germany, Lisa and Jörg Schmidt, who are particularly working with refugees, those whose lives are characterized by chaos. And we have the privilege, I think, we'll see, of talking to Lisa and Jörg. Oh, hey! The, my camera's over here. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Jörg. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are y'all? First, we we just want to say hello to you and want to say thank you for being representatives of the church in that part of the world in a way that, that we, through you, can bring peace and love in situations that are characterized by such chaos and violence. So thank you for allowing us to join with you in this ministry. It's our honor. Thank you. Thank you for having us. They are in Germany, by the way. Now, y'all are going to be here in April. They're, they're not just like in this room over here and we're fooling you like, like NASA does with the moon trip or whatever. <laughs> but y'all will be, be here in April. Is that right? Yes. That's right. Okay. So we'll, we'll see you um, then, but wanted just to hear from you now as we're we're participating this season, really connecting with the refugee need in the world, and uh, we'll be taking uh, an offering in these next couple weeks. But just wanted to uh, hear you and see how um, you are doing. Can can y'all tell us just a little bit? How are you working directly with the refugees? 
Well, the ministry which you're working with is called Xenos, which just means foreigner. And yes, we are, a, we are actually an immigrant church, a church particularly for immigrants. We work with different groups and uh, we cater to uh, very practical needs of what people have first. We help them with the German bureaucracy a lot. All of us do this, especially I do this because I speak Arabic. I, I can be very effective in this, but other of our co-workers do this too. We help, we help the kids with homework and we help the people to learn German. We give them German classes, private German lessons, help them with their German homework, which they get from other institutes uh, where they learn. And we make doctor's visits with them and so on. This is what we do practically. And then, of course, we also uh, help them spiritually. We offer worship services in various languages. And we uh, do Bible studies with them in what language they ever, ever they need, if we have that. Uh, and so on. And we do evangelism. Great. So now we know, anybody else that knows Arabic here? Uh, no, no hands. So that's right there, one of the reasons that they are placed just in the right spot at the right time. Um, uh, any particular um, needs of, of prayer that we can be lifting up before you as we go to a time of prayer here? Yeah, the um, the team is dwindling in numbers, and so we need more full-timers to continue to help and also more volunteers. And um, there are two new believers from an Iraqi Muslim background that York is doing Arabic Bible studies with and helping them to understand the, the foundations of walking with Christ. This is very exciting, and um, pray that they strengthen in their knowledge and, and in their love for Christ as they walk into faith with him. And um, there's a new Arab church as well that we've founded so that Muslims and Christians alike can come together and try to learn more about the Bible and to be a witness to those Muslims who attend and to help uh, the Arabs have a place that they can call a church in Arabic. And that they experience worship also. So that they can experience really good worship in Arabic and so on, because they don't speak German yet. So they, they still need to have church life kind of in their own language. So that would be our three prayer requests. Okay. Uh, a larger team... Pray for these two Iraqi men that have just come to faith and for the Arab church to be strengthened and continue to reach out to the Muslims. All right. We will and look forward to seeing you uh, next month. Good, good to Great. talk to you. Great. Thank right. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks All for right. the opportunity. Bye. You also, to show you the power of the cross, I mean, around the world, and just right in our midst, most of you received a letter from me and Brian Donaldson this week where we're working to make peace, where there was violence and evil. And uh, Brian's uh, up in the, the balcony. You'll be seeing him up here um, a little more during this uh, spring. And uh, we ask 
um, on the, for your prayer as well as we continue to seek to live into the power of the cross that makes peace even in the, the midst of all kinds of violence that happened yesterday or that happened years and years and years ago. Uh, we believe in the power of the cross to bring peace even in the worst of violence. So let's uh, continue to pray for all of us. Um, as, as Brian uh, leads and demonstrates, as we lead and demonstrate, for uh, I, I know that his story is not the only story like that. 